my message of this. Empty promises. It's okay to smile now, okay? He's in a good place. Empty promises. As I consider the events that took place 2,000 years ago that we now celebrate as this Easter weekend, uh, all I can see over those three days is emptiness. And as human beings, we, we don't like dealing with empty. Empty's problematic for us. I, I don't like it when the dean, my wife, says to me in, in the morning, Mike, would you take my car today? Because I know and every husband knows that when you jump in that car, is that fuel light is gonna be screaming at you, empty, empty, empty. We don't like empty. Now, none of us like empty stomachs. It leads to us being incredibly grumpy and irritable. We don't like empty bellies. But as human beings, we just don't like dealing with empty, but empty comes to all of us. And as I consider these three days of Easter, is that all I see is emptiness. I know the world that we live in always offers us great promises, but I've found that the promises the world gives to each and every one of us are merely empty promises. The world offers us so much, but as we grasp it and as we obtain for it, as we seek it and strive for it, we find it so often just empty. The media advertising, they offer us empty promises, but when I look at the nature and the character of God on display, not just over this season, but over every day of our lives, is that we have a God that does not give us promises full of emptiness, but He gives us emptiness that's so full of promise. And so this morning, I wanna preach on the three empties that I see over these three days. We see an empty life, we see an empty cross, and we see an empty tomb. Is it Easter time? Is a time to celebrate that which is empty? You see, for an empty life and an empty cross and an empty tomb, that they are the themes, they are the symbols of our core belief to be sons and daughters of God. An empty life, an empty cross, an empty tomb. Assure us that God's promises are yes and amen. That his promises are real. And so this morning I wanna look at a, the empty life. It's a John 19 and verse 30 says these words. For when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said three words. Three of the most powerful words that have been ever uttered on planet Earth. He said, it is finished. It is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. This is the final words recorded by John in his gospel. It is finished. Three remarkable words. In the original writing in Greek, it was just one word, tetelestale. And this one word means this is that something that took place in the past has present and abiding future results. That everything that Jesus accomplished on the cross 2,000 plus years ago had present results for that people at that very moment and now have present results for each and every one of us and also for future generations to come. It simply means this, it's been completed and it will forever stay completed. Or if you wanna simplify it down, it's simply done. Is that every promise 
up to that point in time that the God had made before the foundation of the world was accomplished when Jesus declared those three words, it is finished. And I'm so glad on this Good Friday that he did not use an I am statement that day, that he did not declare I am finished. People would say that he died defeated. It was the last gasp of a worn out life. It was the last gasp, the last cry of a man who had lost absolutely everything, but nothing further could be the truth from the truth. It was not a cry of defeat, it was a shout of victory. It is fair, he did not say I am finished, but yet he used so many I am statements throughout his life. He said I am the bread of life and we have just celebrated that in communion. He said I am the good shepherd, I am the light of the world, I am the true vine, I am the door, I am the way, the truth and the life, I am the resurrection and the life. He did not use an I am statement that day, he simply declared, it is finished. The plans of God up to this point in time have been fully accomplished, fully done. It was a shout of victory. It's that Jesus emptied himself so that you and I could be filled. Philippians 2 and verse five says this, that we would have this attitude inside of us which is also in Jesus, who although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself. Well, we don't like dealing with empty, but Jesus continually emptied himself. Taking the form of a bondservant, being made in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by being obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason also, God highly exalted him and bestowed upon him, on him the name which is above every other name. So that the name of Jesus, every knee would bow, of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Jesus shows us the way that we are to live life is to empty ourselves. And maybe the great challenge out of this message today is this, if if you're not experiencing the fullness of the presence of God, it may be that you and I are just not empty enough. As the Apostle Paul said words like this, is I, I pour my life out as a drink offering. An incredible visual picture for us is just where we take our life and where we pour it out. As you wake tomorrow, would you take your life and would you pour it out? And next week, would you take your life and you would just keep pouring it out? Because we all have this fear, we... We don't wanna be empty. We don't wanna be empty. But the good news is today that he emptied himself so you and I could be full. So don't be afraid to empty yourself. Because I know the one who can fill you and I to a place of overflow. And his name's Jesus. Would you and I just take our lives and just pour it out and pour it out and pour it out? Humanity needs it. And Jesus can deal with our emptiness. We have a God that specialises in 
in filling emptiness. Before the creation was set in motion, there's a world without form and void, it's empty. And God just speaks and life comes. He's a specialist in filling empty. He's a specialist in filling empty wine vessels, representative of your life and my life. He's a specialist in filling thousands of empty stomachs on that hillside that day. They, everyone went home full and there were even leftovers. He's a specialist in filling empty lives with great hope and great vision and great purpose. We have a God who is so full. One of my favorite passages, chapters in the Word of God comes from John chapter four. You've heard me preach so many times about it. Let me share some of these scriptures with you. Now Jacob's well was there and Jesus therefore being wearied from his journey sat by the well and it was about the sixth hour. And a woman of Samaria came to draw water and Jesus said to her, would you give me a drink? For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to Jesus, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it was who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. And the woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? And Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. And the woman said to him, sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. And Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. She had had five husbands and the one she was currently living with was not even her husband. The woman then left her water pot. This morning, would you leave your emptiness with Jesus? She left her water pot and went on her way into the city and said to the man, come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? And she went out of the city and came to him. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all that I ever did. And when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with them and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his own word. For me, this transaction is just remarkable. It is miraculous. It's a transaction that can take place for each and every one of us right now in this very moment. It is this Samaritan woman comes to Jesus and she comes with an empty vessel. She comes with an empty life. And through the touch of Jesus, he sends her home with a spring of living water that's available to you and I. And she comes to Jesus as a reject. And after that one encounter with Jesus, he sends her home fully accepted by God. And she comes wounded and broken into the presence of Jesus. And through Jesus' words, is he sends her back totally whole and totally well. She comes to Jesus with just a bucket load of questions in her life that she has no answers to. And Jesus' touch sends her back home into her community, so full of answers for them. She comes to Jesus, living a life of quiet desperation, but through one touch, one encounter with Jesus, he sends her back home into her community with a living hope. This transaction is possible for all of us. And I know so many of us have experienced that transaction, that when we are empty, he is totally full. That he came full of grace and he came full of truth. That, 
There is nothing empty about our Savior, but on this Good Friday, he emptied himself so that you and I could be filled. This morning, if you're empty, it's all okay. It's all okay. Because I know who can fill you. An empty cross. Mark 15, 43, and Joseph, a prominent council member, who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God, coming and taking courage, went into Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Wow. And Pilate marveled that he was already dead and summoned the centurion. He asked him if he'd been dead for some time. So when he found out from the centurion, he granted the body to Joseph. And then he brought fine linen and took Jesus down and wrapped him in a linen cloth and he laid him in the tomb which had been hewn out of the rock and rolled a stone against the door of the tomb. I, I want you for a moment just to look at the empty cross. It's the focal point of our faith. The cross is empty, but yet it is so full of promise. As you look at the cross, it's it's a place of sovereign love, a place of supreme sacrifice. It's a place where the Son of God laid down his life for all of humanity. You see, you, you can't take the life of the Son of God. No one could take the life from God, but it has to be freely given. It has to be surrendered. And on that cross is that he surrendered himself for each and every one of us. In John 10, Jesus says these words, I have authority to surrender my life and I have authority to raise my life. No one can take it from me, but I will freely, freely give it for all of you. The empty cross demonstrates God's incredible love for each and every one of us, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. It's through the empty cross that each of us have or can experience the saving grace of Jesus Christ. It's through the cross that you and I are forgiven. Not forgiven once, but I'm forgiven every day, every day. I'm forgiven, I'm forgiven, I'm forgiven, I'm forgiven. The empty cross says that I no longer need to walk in shame, condemnation, fear, or constrained in life. No, no, the empty cross gives us hope and gives us purpose, gives us future, gives us life and life abundant. The empty cross continues to speak today. It was on that cross where Jesus' blood flowed for us. We sang that song, oh, the blood of Jesus. Is his blood will never coagulate. It will always flow freely. <laughs> his blood will never stop speaking because the book of Hebrews says his blood speaks of better words. Will you allow his blood to speak over you today? Healing, life, abundance grace and mercy, the empty cross. Hmm. The place where we're forgiven. 
And today we are reminded of that this Good Friday. An empty tomb. It's because of the empty tomb that we no longer see the empty cross as a place of cruelty and a place of execution. It's because there's an empty tomb, the empty cross is now a place of great victory, of great purpose, of great vision, of great love, of great salvation and of great grace. The empty tomb changes everything about Good Friday. That where the disciples and the followers were in a place of mourning, a place of bewilderment, a place of not even understanding what death actually looked like and why this had to happen. But as Sunday morning rolled around, the empty tomb gave great meaning to the empty cross, that Jesus is no longer on the cross. He walked out of the tomb, a risen Saviour. If it wasn't for the empty cross, there could be no empty tomb. And so today is a day of weeping, but it's a day of celebration because we know the full story. (laughs) That Jesus laid down everything so you and I could walk in victory. Help me, Jesus. The tomb was empty because Jesus walked out alive. We don't serve, we don't worship a crucifix. We worship a risen Saviour. Yeah. 1 Corinthians 15 says this, and if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty. Our testimony is empty. If Christ is not risen, then our faith is also empty. And if Christ is not risen, our faith is futile. And each and every one of us is still in our sins. I I am so glad today that there is an empty tomb. That your preaching, that my preaching is not empty. It is so full of life. That the word of your testimony is not empty. It's a lived, real experience, an encounter with the Most High God. I am so grateful today because there is an empty tomb and I'm not walking around in chains of bondage and affliction, but I am walking around totally free and totally whole and totally forgiven. And that's available to each and every one of us. Our preaching is not empty when we start to preach again. I do not need a microphone in my hand to preach the good news of Jesus Christ. Although at times our faith may diminish, it is not empty. This morning, can we just stand to our feet? Our time has run out. I'm gonna preach all day about my Saviour. We don't like empty. But I've come to embrace empty because I know there's someone who can fill me.
is that Jesus emptied himself so that you could be filled. We see an empty cross so that you and I could be forgiven. And we see an empty tomb because Jesus has restored us and he has commissioned us and he has empowered us to live a life of victory. And this morning, I don't know your story. I don't know your position of emptiness. But I do know the nature of Jesus. And even though my heart's full of ache right now, He's there. And He'll fill me. And maybe your heart's full of ache for a family member, a next door neighbor, the situation you're going through is that Jesus can fill you. It's okay to be empty. Or maybe like the woman of the well, you just, you've been rejected over this past season. It's that Jesus, Jesus accepts you and he loves you so much. Maybe you have so many questions, it's okay because he's the source of all answers. Maybe you've lost your hope, but God opened the tomb to give us future hope and present hope. You see, the, the Heavenly Father could have wrapped his arms around the Son, Jesus, given him new life and not even opened the tomb. He says, thank you so much for your faithfulness, Son, for doing that. But God loves us so much, and Jesus loves us so much, that it wasn't just a moment to be shared between the Godhead, it was a moment for all of humanity. That in that embrace between Father and Son, is that death could not hold him down. The sp same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you and I today. And the tomb busts open, the stole is, stone is rolled away to show the whole world of the great love that God has for you. So this morning, I just want to ask you, do you need Jesus? I need him. I need him today. And maybe you're in this place and you are empty, he can fill you. Maybe you feel so guilty about life's events and today you can be forgiven. And so this morning, just with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here today and you just need Jesus, I'm not gonna labor this. So if you just need Jesus, if you need an encounter with the Savior of the world, would you just take your empty vessel right now and just surrender it to him? And I know when we surrender our lives to him, the fullness of God now becomes available to us that old things have passed away today become a new creation. You're forgiven of everything. So as I just ask you today, do you need Jesus? If you're needing Jesus, I'd just love you just to put up your hand today just to receive him maybe for the first. There's hands going up across the auditorium right now. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. I want to thank you for that hand. Why don't you put your hand up? You can put that down as well. Is there others here this morning? Thank you so much, sir your hand over this side. Do, do you just, do you need Jesus? He's fully available and fully accessible, right? As I look one last time, is there anyone else that just says, Mike, would you please pray for me? I just need Jesus. I need the fullness of God. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Ah, oh, we thank you. We are so in awe of what you have done for us. And Father, for these ones today that have made the greatest decision to 
just hand their emptiness over to you. I, I thank you that now that you are declaring them as sons and daughters of the Most High God. Not some things have changed, but everything has changed. As they've experienced the greatest love they've ever experienced, as they've experienced the greatest grace they have ever experienced, as they've experienced the full forgiveness of every wrong that they have ever committed. Father, I thank you that right now that they are born again by everything that you accomplished over this Easter weekend. And Father, I pray for them that they would never ever be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that they would pursue you with everything they have. And in seasons will come where they feel they're so empty, that God, that you would just continually fill them to overflow. And so Father, we give you thanks in your wonderful name for each and every one of these lives that they are born again. They are in perfect union and relationship with you. And we give you thanks in your wonderful, wonderful name. Let's put a shout up, church. Let's give him a shout today.